Good morning, everybody, and welcome back to episode 22 of Empty Betters. I'm your host, Harrison Scholes, and I'm going to toss it over here to my co-host who is in front of me because we've been kicked out of every other single room in this goddamn apartment complex, Nick Manila. What's going on? It's tough to, you know, find rooms in this building. I'm just glad we were able to scrounge one up and kick the person who was using this giant meeting room as a place to have a private phone conversation out. Well, you know, felt really good about that. We walk in, we kick her out. Just kidding. We did another lap. Yeah. And then we came back in, planted the flag, just like U.S. did on the moon. And here we fucking are. Exactly. So, uh, couldn't be any happier than to be back here on Monday night. It uh, feels like, on, I don't know why, but it's felt like three weeks since we last spoke. So and there is so much that's gone on. A uh, shit like, ton. <laughs> I feel overwhelmed right now. That might be because I have the caps on in Vegas on my phone. I have the Daytona 500 in a small window on my laptop. And then I have like some six pages of notes for today's episode on yeah, my laptop too. So. This template is way better than any paper I ever wrote in high school. So <laughs> I probably put more time into it than any paper I've oh, yeah. ever written. So. so for those of you guys who wonder, gee, how are you guys so organized? How do you coordinate the episode so well? Well, I doubt they say that. Yeah, well, <laughs> uh, we communicate through this little template jigamagai we got, and it's better than any template I ever made for any paper I had to write. But God bless Nick, uh, his idea. We kind of use it every week. So we're going to start you guys off at the top. So, obviously, the big event that has gone on since the time we last spoke, the Stadium Series. Don't know if you got to watch. Uh, If you watched from a television, it was fucking awesome. The intro was super cool. The atmosphere looked insane. The uniforms, I know you disagree with me, I thought actually turned out pretty darn good. So, these were some where you either loved them or you hated them. I Uh, loved them. When we did the Instagram poll, it was literally a 50-50 split. Yeah. And... As someone that did not like them, I warmed up to Colorado's as they were playing. Yes. There's a lot of hidden messages that people didn't see. Yeah. You got the mountains, the A for the Air Force kind of hidden in yeah, there. Yeah, exactly. So I, I definitely warmed up to them. L.A., I'm still eh, but, you know. I absolutely loved the buckets for L.A. Those cro- That, like, chrome silver. It's like a Notre Dame gold, but it's, it's all just, silver. Ugh, I love it. That I was can't stand it. Super cool. Loved the little white slash coming in there, too. It was awesome. It's dustier than behind my fridge. Uh. <laughs> um, however, if you were not a television viewer, it was an absolute train wreck. Yeah, this is not good for the NHL. Uh, so... For those of you that aren't aware, uh, fans of this game have been ta- like you know, they've been all over Twitter, all over the internet, Facebook, what have you. Uh, they are irate. Uh, it was just pretty much a logistical nightmare. Uh, traffic and poor parking facilities led to many fans missing the concert that was before the game, I believe. Yes, and pretty or much first interm- first intermission, Sam Hunt. Either way, um, and then sucks, they missed by like the way. yeah. yeah. And then Not they missed like two- you like country music. I love country music, so you don't like Sam Hunt. Well, my thing is like. I like country music from like 2010 and back. Okay. I don't like it too poppy like this the yeah. stuff now. So you don't like yeah. I'm like a Toby Keith, Garth Brooks, George Strait. A redneck Strait. Yeah. who's wearing a DuPont <laughs> Daytona 500 hat <laughs> Got right now. Got my NASCAR so hat on, baby. Oh my god. Anyways, uh so people miss like two periods of hockey and the concert that they paid a lot of money for. Uh parking wasn't the only issue as fans continued to bash the NHL for attempting to put on an event for 40-plus thousand people at a facility that really wasn't prepared to take on an event of that magnitude. And that's not just seating 
that's you know concessions and uh, attendance, security, yeah, um, parking, exactly, uh, traffic know, guards, right. Uh, now people were saying there was like a hour long line for the men's restroom, uh, <laughs> which you know I don't know. Like I hope your underwear is. <laughs> I don't know what kind of men are going in there. Moisture, I mean, I've been trained in you know Towson bar bathrooms. If yeah. you see an open hole, yeah. you're peeing in it. If you see a sink, a trash can, you know, it doesn't matter what it is. Yeah. So I mean, shit. The New Yorkers just let it fly on the floor. Right. So, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Just pee everywhere. <laughs> uh, so this is not good, um, and it ended up resulting in a lot of fans deciding to leave the game at the end of the second period because it took them so long to get in in the first place. They said, "I don't know how I'm going to be able to get out of here, yeah. and it not be four in the morning. You know, right. I, I need to get out." Uh, Spit and Chicklets today. They talked about this. Rear Admiral and Mike Grinelli, the producer, were actually on site. And they described uh, leaving after the second period, and they said, we didn't move at all for about 10 minutes, and eventually they talked about how people were getting really anxious and restless, and you felt that chaos was about to just erupt at any given moment. Yeah, this is not a good look for the league. Uh, You know, there's so many things that go into putting on an event like this, and I think one of the things that I've noticed is that the ones that are at Aside from the big house when the Leafs and the uh, Red Wings played that one time, the professional arenas, like the baseball ones, like yes. the Nationals Park, or the football ones, like Ralph Wilson back in the day with Buffalo, yes. the professional arenas that are used to staffing and parking and handling massive amounts of people usually work better than the smaller college type stuff. For sure. Now, and especially when the NHL comes, it's an it's an under, you know, yeah. filled event for them. So exactly. it's just easier. So I know and I'm just speaking out of my ass right now. I have no idea if this is true or not, but next season, uh, it's been announced that the Carolina Hurricanes will be hosting the stadium series uh, at NC State's uh, football field. I really hope to God NC State's football field can hold more people and is used to holding more people than the Air Force Academy. With with all due respect to the Air Force Academy, I think NC State should be okay. Yeah, I mean, you would think that yeah. a, a Southern school like that. Well, even the Caps did the one two years ago uh, at, the Na- yeah, at the they Naval Academy, and they were fine. Yeah. And, you know, granted, Navy does get packed for football games. So, right. Um, but that's, you know, not a big stadium by any means. Well, this also kind of brings up the idea that it seems like Ever since they introduced the stadium series idea, it's kind of gotten a mixed review. Not everybody loves it, you know. No. Not everybody hates it. The Winter Classic, when they did it once a year, it was such a thrill. It made it you, special. If your city got it, and me and Nick have said this multiple times on the podcast, it just—if you get it once a year and your city gets it, you don't really give a fuck if it's like that bad because, like, whoa, we got it once a year. This is like it. at least I got to go to a hockey game outdoors. Right now they have two outdoor games, three outdoor games. At one point, I think two years ago, they had four. I don't even know. I mean, it just kind of takes the, I don't know, the nostalgia out of it, in yeah. my opinion. Yeah, and but, the unique, just the uniqueness of the event. Yeah, I mean, look, the venue looked sick on television. I was watching, I was like, this on, is... On television, yeah. it looked sick, I was but... Like, yeah, well, if you're paying $305 for a front row seat ooh, where you can't see the ice. That's and, a tough look. So for those of you who didn't see, we threw it up on our Instagram story. Uh, someone tweeted out a picture of a $305 front row seat that they got. The only problem was that the seat was at the same level as the boards on the actual rink, and you couldn't see over the boards. Yeah, so, so you like, were literally staring at the boards. Like your eyesight was meeting like where the board, like the top of the boards is. Right, and it's not like a regular arena where you're right up against it. 
like you were, they were level solid, with it. They were solid 20 yards back from there. Yeah. Oh, yeah, big time. So maybe even more. The picture doesn't really do it justice. No, I mean, the picture the guy put up, all you can see is just helmets like over yeah. the top. You can't really see anything else. And to top it all off, according to USA Today, a attendee of the game actually died. Yeah, that's sad. Uh, uh, not sure if this is confirmed true or not, but allegedly fell off a bridge outside the Air Force Academy's North Gate. Under further investigation, uh, some people would say that there was intoxication involved. We don't know. We're not going to say, but uh, that's definitely a first and definitely a bad look for the NHL. Absolutely. So hopefully they sort that situation out. I know not only is the local police doing something, but the Air Force campus is also doing something, you know, right. internally. So Now about the game, uh, Kings were plus 215. I thought I was crazy to kind of throw some cash on that. Did you bet them? I did not, actually. Okay. No, yeah. I I told my uh, cousin, too. I was like, dude, he's like, there's no way. I'm taking Colorado all the way. You never know about those outdoor games. They're weird, man. That. The They're outdoor weird. games are weird. I can't bet them. It's, yeah. it's, it's one of those things where if you got a heavy underdog like that, I'm kind of kicking myself now thinking about it. I think it's worth sprinkling a little bit. There's just so many factors that go into those games. Like you're thinking like, oh, Colorado against L.A. Colorado's going to come in and just shit pump these guys. It's a yeah. bottom feeder. They're right. probably going to blow it up in a couple weeks anyways. But then you have, you know, the atmosphere and the environment, and those players are standing still for a while on the blue line while they introduce everyone and, you know, turn it into a spectacle. Mm -hmm. And so they get stiff and they get restless, and, you know, that can factor into how the game gets played. Yeah. Uh, Tyler Toffoli ended up having a hat trick. He had all three of the Kings' goals. The Kings won the game 3-1. to one. Sam Girard had the Avalanche's goal. Kind of a weird game. Uh, you know, the Kings went up one nothing in the first, and then – we didn't see really any action until the end of the second period when Sam Girard scored with, yep. I think, under a minute left yeah. around that. And then the Kings scored two goals in the final minute of the game, one yep. of them an empty netter, but the other one was just a Toffoli shot. Yeah. So they pulled it off. Uh, the Kings actually, I know they're not great in the standings. They just seem to play every game hard. They do. They're uh, a tough team to match up against. And uh, that Kempe is good. He's, I know, oh, he's so sick. I know I've mentioned that a couple times. He is nasty. He's yeah. got sick hands. And I think that game only boosted to Foley's trade bait stocks. So. Yeah, that should be really interesting to see how that all plays out as we come down the home stretch towards the trade deadline. Uh, as I mentioned, the Carolina Hurricanes will be hosting next year's stadium series at Carter-Finley Field, NC State's football field, as I mentioned. So I read that the Penguins are the most likely away team. Right. You read that the Capitals are the most likely right. away as team. As soon as it came out that Carolina was getting it, Russian <laughs> Machine was all over it. They said that they've heard from and someone. Pennsburg was the same way. Right. So Interesting. And, of course, I think now we've both seen things, or at least I saw the Washington Post say that it's not going to be the Caps. You know, I take the Washington Post with an absolute grain of salt because I think it's a crock of shit anyways. But... <laughs> I had some thoughts about this, and I don't want the Caps to play Carolina in this outdoor game, and oh. I'll tell you why. So both the Caps and the Penguins have each played in two Winter Classics and one Stadium Series game, if I'm not mistaken. I think you are correct. So you guys had the first Winter Classic and then the one against the Caps. And, and then, then we played the, the Blackhawks. Well, so we've been in two. Uh, we played the Blackhawks So you've had four outdoor four games. Four outdoor games. Yeah. So the Caps have had... Three, the Winter Classic against the Penguins, the one against the Blackhawks, and then the outdoor game against the Leafs at Navy Stadium. Yes. Uh, that means there's now that Carolina's got an outdoor game, there's five teams left that have yet to play in an outdoor game. The Coyotes, the Blue Jackets, the Panthers, the Lightning, and the Golden Knights. Huh. I don't know. Like, throw one of them in there. 
Yeah, I think that's definitely a smart idea. I didn't actually realize it was that few teams left. I thought it was yeah. a lot more. Dude, throw it. Throw it to the yeah, like I feel like it's got to be the Blue Jackets, Panthers, or Lightning. It's somewhere it's got to be an East Coast team. It's got to be an East Coast team. I think the Blue Jackets fans would actually travel. I think I so too. I don't think that they would. Like I think that would be cool. Yeah, do something kind of untraditional like that. Like you know, obviously if the Penguins are in it, cool, whatever. I mean, I actually might have to take a trip down there. I have a lot of business down there, so um, I might actually be able to be in the area for that, which would be pretty cool. But. It would be cool if the marketing person uh, in charge of that event, if it was the Blue Jackets, sort of played to how both sides are huge college football territories. You have NC State, and then in Columbus, yeah. you know, we know what they bleed. So yeah. it would be cool if they did either uniforms to sort of pay tribute to the two schools or you know something along Ooh, those lines. I like that. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I think it should definitely be one of those five. And plus, the Lightning are sick, and they have a good fan base. I, I mean, granted, they're in Florida, but give them an away game. Oh, now that Florida and Tampa both haven't had one, I mean, there you go. Just, yeah. you know, battle of Florida. Do exactly. it at, like, I don't think you could do it at, like, the University of Miami or, like, <laughs> no. Gainesville. But I wish I was down there right, right. now. Oh, so. my God. Uh, should be interesting to see if this, you know, cold enough down there in Carolina at that time of year. I mean, I guess since if they did, realistically, they did a stadium series game between L.A. and the Ducks a while back. So right. they can really do anything. Yeah, they want. I think the technology has just caught up so much now. But I think the bottom line that we can take away from this outdoor game is that, as you mentioned, the outdoor games have faced such mixed reviews over like the past five years. And this one between Colorado and L.A. is not helping that at all probably the worst reviewed ones so i think the, the nhl just needs to accept their lack of responsive or their you know responsibility for lack of organization here uh and a ton of people have been calling for tickets to be refunded and i never i'm starting to happen yeah, it's never going to happen but i completely agree with the fans i'd be saying the same exact thing especially if i was that guy who paid 305 for that seat oh I'd be, I'd be irate well the other th the thing people don't get is it's like oh look up where the tickets are ahead of time you really think that when you look up a front row seat at a football stadium, they're going to have a picture of a hockey rink They're not going to show you the hockey rink. You have no yeah, way yeah. of knowing before you get there. So you're kind of trusting the NHL to be like, hey, you paid $305 to get a seat here. So you put your trust in their hands that you're going to have a top-notch seat, and they right. got the worst seat in the house. Exactly. So there's no way to do that. Yeah. Um, sucks for them. I think we've kind of – touched enough on this so let's hop into the next topic which is a very serious topic very scary topic so uh, I'm sure most of you hockey fans have seen this by now but uh, last week in a game against the Anaheim Ducks uh, uh, St. Louis defenseman Jay Bomeister collapsed on the bench in what ended up being a cardiac arrest incident he actually had to be revived in the tunnel with a defibrillator uh, the game was subsequently postponed and has been rescheduled for March 11th. And uh, more recently, Bomeister underwent successful implantable cardio diverter defibrillator surgery on the Can 14th. Can you say that one more time, please? I will never say that again. <laughs> that was so hard. That was good reading. I'm Thank impressed. Thank you. Um, so he's been released from the hospital and he's returned home. We just heard that today. Uh, I think the important thing here is to focus on not only that he's okay, but the amazing response time from both the Ducks medical staff and the Blues medical staff. Yep. Uh, I mean, it, for anyone who watched that video, you kind of get chills when you see, I think it was Petrangelo just like waving his arm as fast as he yeah. can. Like, please like you here. could see the panic in his face. Like he was freaking out. I mean. I would say this is probably the end of Jay Bermister's career. I would think so. It's probably it. I Which, think he, hey. he he might get divorced if he tries to go back and play <laughs> hockey again after this. But. Yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, look, he went out on the highest note. 
Stanley Cup champ, finally got it. Yep. Tip your cap. You had a hell of a career. I mean, yeah. he's been in the league for what feels like I think he's been I think he was in the O two draft or O three, I can't remember. It's been a while, but one of those. But man, he's he's just been a stud defenseman ever since he got in, uh, all those years in Florida when he was just so damn good. So Oh my god. Props to him. One of the best skating defensemen the game's ever seen. Hopefully he gets well soon and that's really all I got on Just this. a complete freak athletically too. Yeah. Uh, so another scary incident that happened the same night, but I think kind of got overshadowed, was that Brendan Perlini of the Detroit Red Wings ended up taking a skate to the nose in a game against the Buffalo Sabres. Uh, if you haven't seen the pictures, they're a little bit gruesome, so view them at your own Looks risk. sick. Uh, yeah, it does. Uh, <laughs> Those stitches look Chick stick scars. Yeah. Um, and he received numerous stitches, and you know he appears to be okay. Uh, as Monty Python would say, it is just a flesh wound, but you know, definitely a scary situation when you get uh, a skate up around the face. Uh, yeah, big time. And we'll touch on where skates have also kind of been in dangerous areas coming up in yes. the episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Um, NBC will use an all-female broadcast crew for their March 8th coverage of the game between the St. Louis Blues and Chicago Blackhawks. Uh, I believe this is for National Women's Day or National Women's and Sports Day. It's one of the two. I, I read think that. you're right. Um, but yeah. this is the first time that the NHL is going to have a game that's completely broadcasted and produced by only women. Uh, so I think this is awesome. They tweeted out or someone tweeted out today. I forget who. Like who's going to be calling the game like play-by-play. Play, you know, I'd like probably. to see that. Yeah. yeah. I'd like to see who's calling Um, that. I know uh, Kendall Coinscofield is in there. She, I was going to say she yeah. has to be. AJ Malesko is – I think she's going to be the color analyst. Um, Catherine Tappan's going to be like the studio host. Go. Yeah. So it's a, it looks like a great crew. So I'm looking forward to that. Catherine's awesome. She's great. I've got a picture with her. Have you ever seen it? No, I haven't. All right. Well, I might have to flick that up. She's su- yeah. like she's super cool. When we, yeah. when we went to the uh, – the finals in 17. She was there, talked to her, super nice, shook her hand. She's like, you know, cute as a doll. She's about 5'3", got a nice little selfie with her. Nice. That was when JR was still on there. God oh, damn it. Oh, boy. But we'll yeah, touch we'll get, on that later. Yeah, we'll get to that. But she's a super nice girl. Um, I act like she's younger than me. Super nice lady, I yes. should be saying. And uh, I think just... Probably, I mean, you know, watching her from NHL Network to, you know, moving to NBC, I, she's easily, I mean, you, you can go through the talent that they have there, whether it's... She's top notch. Oh, for sure. Yeah. She's top notch. She makes it as effortless as we make this. So, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, the Lightning are red hot. Uh, we will touch on this more in the Who's Hot sec- segment, but... Scorched just, Earth Effect, look out, we just, called it. oh my God. I told you they'd cakewalk the first half of the year. Get out of the way. Yep. Just... Ugh. Put it on. Uh, seriously, I don't know what anyone's gonna do. They look absolutely unbeatable. So, like Nick said, we got some more stats that will tell you just how hot they are in the coming segments. Uh, the Minnesota Wild, out of seemingly out of nowhere, fired head coach Bruce Boudreau. Boudreau becomes the eighth coach to be fired this season. That is the most all time. He had four seasons as a Wild head coach. Dean Evason, the former Caps assistant coach, is going to take over. Uh, and I saw an interesting stat that Greg Wyshynski put out. He says that the number one reason for coaches getting fired is goaltending this year. Hmm. And of the 10 worst teams in save percentage, six of them have fired their coaches. San Jose, New Jersey, Nashville, Minnesota, Vegas, and Toronto. Yeah, so for those of you guys who you know, might not have gotten that as quick as Nick just said it, because I kind of had to like try to comprehend it for a second. <laughs> 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 um, so... 
six of the ten worst teams in the save percentage category from their goaltenders have fired their head coach this year. Yes. Uh, ranking right now from 23rd place to 29th place based on the teams that Nick just listed. So if you're not getting it from your goalie, I mean, this sounds you know pretty knowledgeable to everybody, but you're going to be shit out of luck. Yeah. And it's reflecting. Definitely. And the one, I mean, you're looking at this list. San Jose, everyone thought Martin Jones was the answer. New Jersey, we kind of knew they were shaky. Nashville, Pecorine, through the first yeah. month of the year, you and I were saying was the Vesna favorite, and here we are now. Uh, Minnesota, uh, Dubnik, right? Dubnik, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's had some stellar years in the past five years. I he mean, was I, up for Vesna talks yeah. a, a couple times, I think. Yep. Um, uh, Las Vegas. Ve- I mean, Flurry has yeah. looked lost lately. Yeah. I, ever since the passing of his dad, I've, I've said he hasn't looked right. And uh, with Toronto, you know, Freddie Anderson's a stud, but for the first, what, five months of the season, he was getting worked dogged. Yep. He didn't have a backup. Jack Campbell looks great. So it looks oh, like he they've, looks awesome. they've kind of found their uh, little solution there. But, you know, it just goes to show just how important goaltending is. Definitely. I, I don't, I don't know, know if you saw Boudreaux's statement that, I mean, he, to him, this came completely out of left field. He said Bill Guerin walked into his office and he was kind of like, oh, shit, I know something's about to happen. And Garen goes, yeah, I think we're going to make a change. And he's like, are you firing me? And Garen was like, yeah. And then Bruce goes, are you fucking kidding me? So I, I think this, you know, caught him off guard. I was a little bit surprised at when this happened because they kind of went on a little bit of a heater. They're only three. They As of Sunday yesterday, I don't have the stats in front of me. They were only three points out. Right. Which is nothing. No. And especially in the West. I mean, they could, you know, get in. But this is the thing with Minnesota. Like, they got, like, are you really going to do anything this year? No. No. They're not going to compete. So, no. I, I almost wonder if this is like a stunt job by Garrett to just be like, hey, like, we got to fucking tank. Like, yeah. you might want your job, but <laughs> I want Lafreniere. But, but like, because... I want a better draft pick than what I'm going to get right yeah, now. Yeah, it's just like, I don't know. I, this is the <laughs> cycle. He's like, oh, shit, we're actually winning games. This is not what I want. Yeah, so, you know, Garrett's probably watching uh, – the Oceanic, and he sees Lafreniere put seven points in two periods, oh. and he goes, "Up, oh, Boutros out. We're tanking." He's so like shit. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's literally a carousel this year with coaching. It's fires. ridiculous. It's nuts. Uh, moving on, per Darren Drager's Twitter, uh, excuse me, the NHL is debating putting preseason games for 2020 and 2021 on hold from China due to the Corona virus so seems like for the past couple of years the nhl does a couple overseas uh exhibition games for the preseason to try and help grow the game or obviously china's like, one of the biggest markets that they're trying to tap into for sure um i don't think anybody's tapping into anything except needles and influenza's over there <laughs> at the moment but <laughs> that's about where we stand no i honestly completely agree with this decision until that you know disease has been contained eradicated controlled whatever medical conter- medical term you want to use just stay away from it it's not worth risking someone getting sick in the preseason coming back potentially getting their teammates, right. opposition sick, just not worth it. And I don't know if we actually mentioned this in a template, but uh, last week we kind of talked about the potential NHL stick shortage because of the coronavirus. Yeah. Uh, it was leaked. Can't remember the reporter, but this was officially reported that the Calgary Flames equipment manager notified the team that they need to, one, stop giving sticks away in warm-ups and post-games to kids and families, yeah. and two, they can no longer break their sticks over crossbars 
when like out get, of frustration yeah, yeah because there's literally like they're gonna run out yeah like, so i saw all the comments it's like get the sherwood pmp 5030 <laughs> paul coffee i have out. one downstairs yeah. i'll sell it to the highest bidder and all wood stick stanley cup final would be insane awesome yeah i would actually rather watch that than a regular stanley cup final this reminds me uh and i'm sure you're gonna get annoyed from this but when the Caps had Mike Green, and he went through when he was on that record uh, goal scoring streak. Thirty, yeah. It was like you know the most consecutive goals by an NHL defenseman. So he was using a stick that was like eight years old at the time. It was, it old, was a stealth, right? Yeah, it was an old Easton one, like the old blue one, the old stealth. Yeah, and so he like ran out like in the middle of this, and a, like a fan sent him two of them. Oh my god! <laughs> was, was that like, real? Yeah. Do people know that? Yeah. I don't know. If a Russian machine did a whole huge piece on it. I don't know if a lot of people yeah. know that. I think we should. It was hysterical. He like I think he ended up sending the fan like a ton of like signed shit, of course. But damn, yeah, like that's could, awesome. You imagine just getting like a stick from a fan? It's like I don't know, like what curve, what flex doesn't matter. I got it. It doesn't matter. It just has to be this make, this model, this color. I don't care. I love that. Yeah. We gotta flick that up on the gram or something. Right? That's a good uh, little piece of information I didn't know. That, that's just that's hockey, man. It's yeah. such a small world. I love it. You just I just imagine some guy in like. Red Deer. He's like, oh, I've got three of them in my shed in the back. I'll send them to you, no problem. <laughs> uh, that's great. Um, Jr. We touched on it earlier. Yeah, he is officially shit canned from NBC. Uh, obviously, you know, you guys heard the Spit and Chicklets interview. His comments about his uh, trip overseas with Catherine Tappan and his wife. Not really going to go into too much detail. but No, we've already covered it. If you it. really want to see what his emotions are, he posted a Twitter video about it. Go check out his Twitter. You know, take a look. And uh, that's really all I got to say on that. Uh, in other news, as I mentioned with the Bruce Bedreau firing, projected first overall pick Alexis Lafonniere had seven points before the end of the second period on Saturday night's game against the Quebec Ramparts. He is He's nasty. so sick. It's ridiculous. Uh, this kid is being called the best prospect since Damn. Connor McDavid. I think that's probably the 97th time that we've said that on this podcast. We pretty much stroke him off more than anybody else. So uh, look out. He's coming, and he's pretty much guaranteed to be a devil or red wing at this point, I would say. Yeah, I mean – I would say so. Or the Kings. Right. Maybe. Yeah. So we'll see how that plays out going forward. And to make it even better, it was a nationally televised game on Sportsnet in Canada. So the entire country Just got to witness. stepping up on the biggest stage. Already did it at the World Juniors, and now he's doing it again yes. um, in the queue. So yep. it'll be interesting to see where he goes. Uh, the Lightning are chasing the Bruins for the President's Trophy at this point. And the Caps and the Penguins are chasing each other for first in the Metro. These are the top four teams in the NHL, and they're all from the East. East is stacked. Uh, God, <laughs> this just sucks for the playoffs. I mean, none of these, like, the four best teams in the playoffs, and, I mean, I know only two can play in the third round, but we might have two of these out in the first round, potentially. It's ridiculous. Just in case, like, you just never know. So, uh, it's... I feel like I say this phrase every two minutes on this podcast, but it should be interesting to see how it plays out going forward. Definitely. So, uh, yeah, seriously, I mean, that's crazy. Uh, the NHL and the IOC, uh, the International Olympic Committee, I think that's what that is. International are, douchebags. Yeah. They are nowhere near a deal to send the NHL players to the 2022 Olympics. 
one of my least favorite people in the world, NHL Deputy Commissioner Bill Daly, because he's always raining on my parade, said, and quote, we aren't there yet. In fact, we aren't even close to being there. At this point in time, we continue to believe that the negatives outweigh the positives. And I think this is absolutely beyond ridiculous. Uh, well, yeah, and I'm going to show you something that Mel Mickey really said on my Snapchat memories. Yep. Oh, I remember <laughs> when we did that. <laughs> Two years ago, February 17th, 7 a.m. game between Russia and USA. Kovalchuk buried a Hattie and put our dreams to misery. So We, um, we watched that at our buddy's apartment. We, I had work at four that day. I think we were up at six. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely so, had a little too much before work, but, you know, <laughs> shit happens. Here's what I'll say. I don't know all about the legal stuff that goes into this. I try to follow it. I just don't care that much. Sue me. I don't care. Uh, this On what planet do the negatives outweigh the positives? I mean, from a from a perspective of growing the game in an international scale, you put the it's best money. that you have. They just want more money. I know, and, I'm like, and but- I know, and I get the argument, well, what if you're an owner and you don't want your player getting hurt? Well, Fuck you! Like, I you don't could give be, a shit. My player also, gets to play for his country. Like, you well, know? not only that, you could also make more money in the long term if this Olympics helps grow the game, and all of a sudden you have more international fans. Yes. your apparel, your apparel sales go up. You know, you're gonna have more fan. I mean, there's no, there's no downside to having more fans. No, it's. I think the way the NHL is looking at it is, oh shit, we lose our best players for a week. And but if, the, but the system yeah. they had where they used to just replace the all-star break with the Olympic break was perfect. And from a fan's perspective, not only do you get to watch Olympic hockey, and this is selfish as a fan, but all the games get condensed into closer time frames. Yes. So you don't have to go five days without watching your favorite team. Yes. You go two days, three days at max. Well, and it also makes, you know, even if your favorite team's not on, like I'll still <laughs> tune in to watch, you know, I'll watch Denmark. Canucks pl- puck line. Like, oh, uh, like I'll mind. watch Denmark play Germany. Like I might yeah. only know Freddie Anderson and Lars Eller as, you know, Danish players. Right. You know, Germany's going to have Dreisaitl, Grubauer. You yeah, know, I'll it's, watch. It's going to be interesting. So, it's the Olympics. You'll right, watch. Exactly. So it's just something that they need to change. Uh, the Olympics are supposed to be the pinnacle of sport, and I don't know how you can call it that if the best hockey players in the world aren't playing in it. Yep, except Russia's. Yeah, well, <laughs> best hockey players that aren't on every band <laughs> PED in the world. So Makes it do a gas form. Exactly. Uh, your boy, speaking of Russia, he's stuck. I think he needs some gas. Uh, yeah, I think he could use it. Ovi's cooled off since he went on that monster scoring streak. And I know who I'm blaming. Who? NBC. Yeah, because they flex every goddamn game. Because they've been on goal 700 watch for like the past week, and they flexed every Caps game to NBC, which it's the Caps are. tonight, too, right? Yeah, the Caps, and they're down 2 nothing. So, uh, you know, they're just no. Are they down 2 nothing right now? Yeah. Um, they're notorious for not performing well when NBC has their, like, games nationally televised. And I don't know why they're just, like, chasing getting OV's 700th goal on national TV. I get it's a big deal, but... Try to grow the game. Yeah, but it's, I it's It's something that people could be like, ooh, ah, but in reality, like, it's like, you oh, know, fuck in, you. You know, complete disclosure, if I wasn't a Caps fan, I probably wouldn't give a shit, but... Yeah. <laughs> Settle down. You don't even need to right. <laughs> hear me on the mic to know what my face is right now. Uh, uh, moving on, there was a very heated exchange between a referee and Brendan Gallagher following the Montreal Canadiens' overtime loss to the Dallas Stars, I believe. I wish I had, the, yes, I yeah. wish I had the referee's name, but I don't, so I apologize to everybody. I forget, it was, I heard them talk about it on NHL Network. I can't remember. And it was one of, it was a referee name I recognized. It wasn't Wes McCauley. I, I can't, I can't remember, but it was, I mean, 
it was a fuck you match, but and it was going both ways. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it was a carryover. Correct me if I'm wrong. This happened the game after they lost in overtime in Dallas when they blew it, um, and this was a carryover from that. Yes, I, I don't think it was the same game, so they must have had the same ref. And Gallagher didn't like a call, or it was when Chara cross-checked him in the neck or something. I can't remember the exact game, but at the end of the game, there's a video where Gallagher is like taking his finger and pointing at the guy's chest. He's like, it's like you fucking blah, blah, It's blah. like baseball player towards like, um, oh, he's like, you know, it, he's in his face. You it, know, it's, it's, it's coach to umpire basically. Yeah. And the ref literally looked at him, He's like, fuck yourself and blah, blah. Like, Jesus. <laughs> I love it. I mean, yeah. I, I, there's a, if you really want to see it, it's all over YouTube. So you yeah. won't have any trouble finding it. Uh, and that wasn't all Montreal's coach. Claude Julian expressed his displeasure, displeasure with officials saying that, Montreal needed to beat two teams that night, and he was subsequently fined uh, ten grand for his comments. Nice, yeah. So just a casual ten. Just you know, with any professional sports league, if you criticize the officiating, you're probably gonna get a minus in your bank so account stupid. at some point. So stupid. Yeah. Uh, so moving on from news, we had some trades. Uh, as you guys know, the trade deadline is coming up a week Still from today. News, yeah. yeah, it's, it's <laughs> Monday. Um, so Andy Green, the captain of the New Jersey Devils, has been moved to the New York Islanders. New Jersey receives David Quenville in a second-round pick. Green has a cap hit of $5 million and will be a UFA at the end of this year. What are your thoughts? I don't hate it. I think this is a good left-handed defenseman that's got a lot of leadership experience that can fill a couple voids uh, for the Islanders right now. Who's the defenseman that went down for them? Pellick. Pellick, So yeah. this is what I texted um, our buddy Dean. I was like, you know, what are your thoughts on this? And, or, you know, he said what he thought. And I said, this is, to me, a replacement for Pellick. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and it's a great replacement. And it's, you know, it's $5 million at a cap hit, but he could walk at the end of the year. So it's pretty much a rental. Right. Uh, he could go somewhere else. And I'm sure someone would pick up Andy Green. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's a solid veteran, stay-at-home safety net Damn. who's got a lot of leadership experience. No, I completely agree. I don't think the Islanders necessarily need him after this season, but it's someone that makes their back end a lot more solid going into the playoffs. Yeah, especially with the injury that you just mentioned. Yes. And I will take this one. Yeah. Uh, Jason Zucker finally. has finally been traded finally. to the Penguins for Alex Galchenyuk, a 2020 first-round pick, and Kalen Addison, defensive number one defensive prospect for the Pittsburgh Penguins. So obviously, there's been a little time to let this marinate. Zucker had two goals the other ga- the other night, um, and he looked absolutely stellar against the Wings as well. I'm trying to remember which game he played over the weekend where he scored two. It was against Montreal. That's yeah. what it was. Uh, he is awesome. He's, Zucker's like that kind of player who I knew as soon as he got traded to the Penguins. He's going to be good. Yeah, and like he's just going to get better. Well, he's a 30-goal guy in the past with the Minnesota Wild, right? right. So you put him on Sidney Crosby's line, he's going to get at least 40 uh, if for in a full 82-game season. Here is my best comparison. He is a 30-goal version of Pascal Dupuis. Okay. Because Pascal Dupuis was that really fast, ultra-aggressive four-checker, left-handed shot, played well with Sid, wasn't known for his finishing skills as an elite goal scorer, but could definitely put up 20 to 30 goals just because of how tenacious he played. Yes. And that is what I see in Zucker. Great penalty killer, can play in front of the net on the power play, gels well with Sid and Simone. I think this is a home run. It's unfortunate that we couldn't have gotten this deal done with Kessel last year. So if you really think about it, we traded Kessel for Galchenyuk. So we basically just traded 
Kessel a first and our best defensive prospect all for Jason for Zucker. Zucker. So my question yeah. following this is going to be, do you see this as an overpayment for this guy? Um, And it's not Galchenyuk is you're just like, great, got him off the books. It's Don't basically give a, a first in Addison. Right. That's really what yeah. it is because Galchenyuk fucking sucked. Yeah, you I, get him off your wrong. books. He's, you know, continuing to move around and trying to find his game. Well, I, here's what I will say. Is it an overpayment for a regular team? Yes. But, and I read this on Twitter from Penguins Jesus, best account for Penguins fans if you're listening, which there are none. Um, <laughs> there is not one defensive prospect in the world who is worth sacrificing another chance at the Cup while we still have Sid and Gino playing at an elite level. And that's, that's the truth. That I mean, is there, the truth. No, I, I will agree with you on that. So, And the other thing that I really like about this is the Penguins have been notorious for doing this in the past where they go for these big guns at the deadline – and then they become rentals and they're gone. Marion Hosa, Exhibit A. Jerome McGinley, Exhibit B. Yep. Brendan Morrow, Exhibit yep. C. I forgot you guys did that. So all of these things have happened before, and it's just like they're gone within seconds. Yeah. Zucker has a pretty friendly cap head at 5.5. That's a steal for a guy that's getting 30. And for the next three years, I mean, we've got our core basically locked up for the next three years. Yep. So I love this It puts move. you in good position going forward, I think. Yeah. You know, the first rounder that you're giving up, I wouldn't shitty put... Draft, shitty slot in. Right. I'm not putting too much emphasis on that because, you know, provided you yeah. playoffs and everything, you know, depending on how far you go, it's probably going to be 25th or higher. Yeah. Ad- uh, Addison's the real kick. Addison's the big give up because that was your number one defensive blue, blue chip defensive prospect. Look great at the World Juniors. Yeah. So, um, you know, it's just, you know... What's worth more? You know, who knows? We'll find out. When now, I don't hate it. Yeah. GMJR has done great, so I like the move. And you Caps fans will find out Sunday. (laughs) Moving on, uh, before we get into that, Blake Coleman was traded to Tampa Bay. Uh, In return, New Jersey receives a first-round pick and prospect Nolan Foote. Go, New Jersey. One of Adam Foote's two sons. Yeah, and he's a great prospect. He's like, Oh, my God. He's a bona fide NHLer. He's 100% going to be a top-four D-man probably. I love this for New Jersey. I Honestly, I love this for both teams. Now, giving up Nolan Foote isn't going to make a lot of hardcore Lightning fans happy until they realize – that they pretty much are doing the same thing that the Penguins did with the Zucker trade. It's all in. Win now. Yeah. And they are taking a red-hot team and adding a guy who's been – it's, you know, Coleman and Heischer have been the only two bright spots for New Jersey all year. Yep. Uh, the first-round pick, you know, same sort of scenario. You know, Tampa's first-round pick, mm-hmm. you know, probably not going to be that high up. In fact, same sort of situation. It's going to be 25th or higher. Right. Uh, Nolan Foote – I think this is where it sort of benefits both sides. Tampa's obviously in win-now mode. New Jersey is, you know, in the process of an epic rebuild. Uh, And eventually, I mean, you know, putting that first-round pick to good use, you get Nolan Foote, who comes up with Hughes and Heischer. I mean, you you could look at some serious center depth for them. Oh, I think think they're definitely, you know, stacked for – uh, potential for the future to be very bright. So they're doing the rebuild right. They are. I just hope Jack Hughes kind of. I mean, he's been playing better lately. I just yes. hope this year hasn't shattered him. No, and I don't think it should. I think the thing that the coaching staff needs to tell him is like, look, dude, you're 18. Yeah. Most other people would, you know, be in high school or college. Some people don't have pubic hair. Right. Age. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it'll be interesting to see how that one plays out. But I think that's one of those few trades that's actually like a huge win-win for both sides. Yep. Uh, 
I we're gonna run really long if we go super detailed on the rest of this stuff. So we're gonna give you guys a brief overview of the suspensions and injuries that took place uh, since we last spoke. So as far as suspensions go, Zach Cassian suspended seven games for basically trying to kick Eric Chernak in the chest. Uh, for those of you who didn't see the clip, Cassian and the teammate got tangled up and Chernak was kind of just leaning on him to keep him down on the ice. And as Chernak was backing away to let up, Cassian basically did an MMA full-on kick at his chest. It was granted a seven-game suspension as Cassian has already been suspended once, maybe even twice this season already. I think just once, though. Uh, repeat offender, this is kind of a no-brainer. People were saying they were shocked it was this little. Uh, what are your thoughts? Uh, you obviously throw in the prior history here. I thought this should have been 10, honestly. Uh, you can't kick someone with no. a skate. Like I don't, a karate kick. Like, yeah, I don't care. You know, I, I saw someone on Twitter saying, like, oh, he was just tangled up. Like, what if Chernak, like, fell on his ankle? It's like, then he would push him off. Not yeah. He didn't sp- fall on his ankle. Not Spartan kick him in the chest. <laughs> like, yeah. this isn't 300. You can't do that. I mean, you know, if he had gotten him hard enough, it could have, you know, really done some damage. It's only 300 when they play the Oilers. Right. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then Evander Kane got suspended for three games. To be honest, I didn't see his clip. I just know he elbowed the guy uh, right in the head. Yeah. So it was high. It was an elbow. I think, you know, it was worthy of discipline. Now, his tweet... Uh, Evander Kane sent out a tweet expressing his feelings towards the lack of consistency with the Department of Player Safety. I I agree with him. There has been a lack of consistency. Big-time lack of consistency. Uh, He went on pretty much a Twitter raid. Uh, He was basically saying how Chara didn't even get a suspension for his basically lumberjack chop at... Brendan Gallagher's throat over the past week. For those of you who didn't see the clip, Chara literally cross-checked Gallagher straight up in the Adam's apple and like, snapped his neck. I don't back. know how his like head didn't pop off after that. And then there was uh, another clip that he bashed about Lawson Krause taking a headshot um, against Charlie McAvoy of the Bruins just a little bit ago this season. And he said, but this doesn't get anything. Tell me what the difference is, please. So he officially released a statement after retweeting those two instances and basically saying, how did nothing happen? Uh, This is a long paragraph, so I'm not going to read it all. But the one part that I thought really stuck out was the part where he said, there is a major lack of consistency with NHL Department of Player Safety, a completely flawed system in so many ways. From the suspensions to appeal rights, it's baffling to me how we as players agreed to this. You can't continue to give some players a pass and throw the book at others. There has been, there has to be a outside third party making these decisions to remove the bias that transpires in this department, headed by George Paris himself. None of it makes any sense. So he's basically just going right at Paris. Just calling him corrupt. That that got yeah. personal. Yeah. yeah, he's basically saying you pick and choose favorites. You got to stop. Well, I think, I mean, Shanahan was head of Department of Player Safety for a while. Right. There it, were issues. Not like this. Not though. like this. Yeah. Now, like, you know, there's issues with Paros and stuff, and I, I don't envy them at all. I don't want to have this fucking job. No. I can't I think, imagine how stressful that would be, but. I think Paris is a pretty good dude, too. I think he is. I mean, he's smart. He went to Princeton, so we and know that. Well, yeah, and the yeah. reality is you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't, right. because when it comes to these situations, you're going to have a 50-50 split on what 
people think it should be all the time, every time. Exactly. I do agree with Kane in the sense that there does need to be more consistency across the board. Because yes. I think that Chara thing, that it, it's, it's got to be at least a game. Yeah, he... I understand it's after the whistle, but that's dangerous. He... he re- See, you, so my dad was talking to me about this. He was like, dude, that was dangerous. I mean, he could have snapped. It doesn't take much pressure to cause serious damage to yeah. thorax or lorax or linrax, whatever. I don't know. What Lor- was. Lorax was the Dr. Seuss character. Fuck. <laughs> Damn it. I knew I was. I, I knew after I said that, I was like, I really hope no one <laughs> voiced that out. Yeah. Um, larynx. Larynx. Pharynx? Yeah. No, larynx. The phoenix larynx. Yeah. Pharynx. Larynx. I'm so stupid. <laughs> Uh, anyways, he basically took a shot right at his Adam's apple. My dad was saying, it doesn't take much pressure to really cause some damage there. I, for one, was okay with no finer suspension. I think Gallagher's known to embellish a little bit. And if you saw the rest of the clip, Chara did the imitation of the snap back of the neck and saying, hey, you faked it. So I'll trust Big Z on that. He's played enough games where I think he's not really out to kill anybody. No. Although... He, Montreal, yeah, Boston, Boston, maybe, yeah. but whatever. I think you know it. Obviously, it looks bad because you have a guy that's six foot nine, not on skates, and then a guy that's probably like what five foot eight, yeah, maybe on skates. Yeah, so not a good look for Z. No, definitely not. But you know, it is what it is. Hopefully, they can straighten this DOPS thing out and just get everyone happy again. So let's just kind of motor through these injuries real quick because there are a lot of them. Yeah, uh, the big one. Uh, McJesus himself, Connor McDavid, is expected to miss two to three weeks with a quad injury. We're pretty much already a week into it, so I'd say one to two more weeks max. Yes. Uh, Nazem Kadri is out indefinitely with a lower body injury for the Colorado Avalanche. Uh, Seth Jones, we touched on this last week, underwent successful surgery to repair a broken ankle. He is out for eight to ten weeks. It gets worse for Blue Jackets fans as Cam Atkinson is out two to three weeks with a sprained ankle. Uh, San Jose. The season from hell that just went to the like, depths of hell. <laughs> uh, it's just bad, bad, bad. Uh, Eric Carlson is done for the year with a thumb injury. He has 40 points in 56 games. That is his lowest total since 2012-2013, which I believe was the lockout shortened season. Yes. Yeah. So not great. Uh, Shea Weber is expected to miss four to six weeks with an ankle sprain. And per Montreal, four to six weeks is a best case scenario. Yeah, there's been some speculation on this injury, but we're not really going to go into that. No, definitely not. And then the most recent one out of the Stadium Series game is bad bad for Colorado. Uh, Philip Grubauer, their starting goaltender who has been great this year, is out indefinitely with a lower body injury sustained in the Stadium Series game against L.A. Who's the backup for them that we were talking about? Uh, Francois. Yes. Yeah. He looked lights out when Gruby was kind of dinged up a little yeah, earlier. Yeah, so in the he, season. you know they're in good hands, but he's capable, right? You know, but you don't want to see this go into the playoffs. This is crunch time. So, yeah. alrighty, uh, let's move on to who's hot. Tampa Bay. <laughs> so uh, hot. I don't even know what to say anymore. I mean, this team is on a different fucking level. Uh, they're the third team in NHL history with two separate ten-game winning streaks in the same season. The only other two times that it has been done were the 1971 Bruins and the 1939 Bruins. So they are in some pretty fucking elite company there. Seriously, and joining them on the Who's Hot list is Boston. They are 9-1-0 in their last 10. We are in full arms race mode for not only the President's Trophy, but the lead in the Atlantic. This is going to be a hell of a finish, and 
dare I say a hell of a second round, but I'm not backing off my pick because you know what's going to happen? Tampa Bay is going to get first, Boston's going to get second, and Toronto's going to get third. And we are going to get the dream matchup of Boston and Toronto, and I'm calling it now, and I've said it probably since two weeks ago, Toronto will win that series. You think it's their time? I think it's their time. Matthews looks – Matthews is on a mission. Yeah. He's 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 like, all right, I'm enough. I'm off the entry level. I'm not 20 years old anymore. He's yeah. 22. I, I got a couple years under my belt. I've seen some shit, and he's coming. Nice. And I love it. My – um. My only other addition to the Who's Hot list is going to be Nashville. They've actually Don't won. Don't tell me that. Well, you, you can't bet them anymore. <laughs> um, they've actually won three straight. They're seven three and zero in their last ten. Predators puckling? Uh no. Oh, damn it. <laughs> I'm checking you into rehab. <laughs> um, who's not hot? Uh, that's going to be the Florida Panthers. They are three six and one in their last ten, and they have fallen to five points out of a wild card spot in a wild card race that you cannot afford to get behind. But Broski is the biggest bust of all time. Yeah. So until he, really how does he have around, two Vesna trophies? Uh, I don't know, but I mean, you know, either he's just really leisure with the weather down there or he's not, you know, taking the right Coke. I don't know what he's doing, <laughs> but, uh, he's close enough to Miami. He could probably find the good shit. So exactly. I don't know what's going on. Uh, so ESPN's NHL quote unquote experts projected six trades with the impending trade deadline coming up a week from tonight. And we're going to run through them and share our thoughts on whether or not one, we would do them and two, whether we think they could actually happen. Yeah. So this article was from, I think a week ago. Yes. So just keep that in mind. Uh, so Philly and Vegas, uh, is the first proposed trade. Philly gets defenseman Braden McNabb, a 2020 second rounder and a 2021 second rounder. And Vegas gets Shane Gostisbehere. What do you think? That's a home run for Vegas, I think. Big time. Uh, I mean, two second round. As long as you don't have to get up to the first rounder, I'm kind of okay with it. Yeah. Uh, and they definitely need some more offense. I mean, their the goaltending has been a little shaky as of late, so I would not hate this move for yeah. Philly. The only thing that hesitate you know, makes me a little bit hesitant about this is that Gostisbehere hasn't looked great this year. No, he's he been, hasn't. He's been okay at best. I think a change of scenery would be good. I agree. Uh, I think you could also get a little bit picky and maybe make that 2021 second rounder a third, and you could probably still squeak this one out. Probably, and I'd say he would be getting a lot more ice time. I mean, right now, Provorov is pretty much their horse. Yes, right? and so, he's so sick. And he's disgusting. Yeah. So I think Gostaspair would fit in well with Vegas, to be honest. Yeah. Um. This one kind of already happened, but Pittsburgh and Minnesota. Pittsburgh would get Jason Zucker, and Minnesota would get Philip Hollander and a 2021 second-round pick. Obviously, we know— I wish that would have happened, but, right. you know, that <laughs> That's didn't. definitely a little bit less than uh, what the Penguins paid to get Zucker, but uh, yep. moving on, <laughs> Boston and the New York Rangers, uh, if you can actually imagine that happening— um, Boston would get Chris Kreider. Uh, New York would get Anders Bjork, a 2020 first rounder and a 2020 conditional pick. I think that works well for both. New York gets the first and Kreider, Boston gets Kreider. So I don't see any problem with that. I've heard Boston as like one of the top destinations that Kreider could possibly go. I he just would fit in so well, so well. I just don't see it happening. We'll see. Uh, we'll, exactly. We'll see. So, uh, San Jose and the New York Rangers. San Jose gets Alexander Georgiev, and the New York Rangers get forward Kevin LeBanc. Don't think this one is happening, and don't understand why this would even be a possibility. I mean, I, both teams are kind of down in the dumps. I don't think, I don't think New York's going to get rid of Georgiev uh, until after the draft. At this point, I think I don't either. They have that other goalie 
Skortskin or something along those lines. Filleted, yeah, I don't, I don't really care. Uh, LeBanc would be a sick addition. Uh, one of the best cap hits out there at a million dollars. Yeah. Um, and just a guy with some skill, but also with some grit that can play second line, third line, really doesn't matter. Uh, you know, that would be one that I think could benefit both sides. I just don't see it happening. No, I don't either. Uh, Colorado and Montreal. Colorado would get Ilya Kovalchuk, and Montreal would get a 2020 fourth-round pick. I think you and I are going to have some very different opinions on this one. Uh, so, Montreal looked good. Like, uh, last week we said this. They we were, were like, saying they were going to make a push. They were like, what, five points out of a playoff and, spot? Now they're then, ten. And then Weber got hurt. Yeah. And Price stopped playing as well, and they had to play some good, competent teams. Yeah. The Bruins, the Penguins. Yeah. So they, if I'm Colorado, I would do this. Uh so this is so it's funny how the uh, the tables have turned. You were bashing Kovalchuk originally, yeah. and I was kind of up on him. Now it's the other way around. I don't think Colorado should go for this. Uh, I think Kovalchuk is finding a good home for himself in Montreal. I think he's getting to kind of have free reigns to do what he wants. He's been given the title of the man offensively, and I think yeah. I think he thrives with that. The Alex Kovalev treatment. Don't think he's going to thrive when he's not on the first power play. And he's not playing with Nathan McKinnon because they're not going to break that top line. No, up. absolutely not. And Nazem Kadri, as we just said, went down. So yeah, I don't really love this trade. I think Colorado's got a good enough team as is to make a run. So True. I'm not going to really go for this one. I also think Montreal would ask for a lot more than a fourth rounder. At I this agree. Point. That's where I agree with you. And um, I don't think he's worth a first. No. Oh God, no. Especially since not Colorado's got the Senators pick still, right? right? Yes. And uh, like, how old is he? Thirty-five. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Dallas and New Jersey. Dallas, uh, in theory, uh, he's already off the table, but would get Blake Coleman and a 2020 fifth rounder. New Jersey would get a 2021 third rounder, goaltending prospect Colton Point, and right wing prospect Joel L'Esperance, I think is how you say that. Yeah. Um, this gets nixed, basically. It, it does get nixed. I think Coleman would have been a great addition for Dallas, but, you know, it's obviously off the table at this point. Um, and aside from that, that's all the trades I have so far. You found an article on NHL.com that I think you want to touch on. Yes. So I thought this was interesting. Uh, over the weekend, NHL.com for Hockey Day in America, which was yesterday, Sunday, February 16th. Uh, NHL.com did a rankings of the best current American players for Hockey Day in America. Uh, so let me read you the roster. The forwards are Patrick Kane. Austin Matthews, Jack Eichel, Johnny Gaudreau, Blake Wheeler, Kyle Connor, Matthew Kachuk, Max Pacioretty, Jake Gensel, Dylan Larkin, Brock Besser, and TJ Oshie. The defensemen are John Carlson, Seth Jones, Quinn Hughes, Zach Wierenski, Jacob Slavin, and Tori Krug. The goalies are Ben Bishop and Connor Hellebuck. And I'm going to throw head coach in there and make it Mike Sullivan. So fuck all of you. <laughs> God damn it. Um, <laughs> some initial thoughts while this lineup is stacked. The Americans have come such a long way in the NHL. So far. They are now up to 27% of the overall uh, NHL roster spots are now American. So that's awesome. Yes. I uh, saw that graphic the other day. It's up. It was 20% in 2010. Now it's 27% in 2020. So that shows you just how far it's come Yeah. Uh, in such a short amount of time. Which is why they need to go back to the Olympics. Yes. Uh, a lot of people saying Joe Pavelski should be on here. Uh, I I would put Pavelski in the talks. I think, you know. I still would put Pavelski above Besser. I'm sorry. 
I, I would put Oshi above Pacioretty, but you know that's me. Yeah. So are, are these the number of votes they got next to him? Yes. Is that what that is? Yeah. Okay. That's interesting. Like you know, Kyle Connor's sick, but the sample size is a little bit small for what we've seen so far. Would you put Oshi above Kyle Connor? I, I'd have to you know chisel this list up and do it all over again if I'm going to start moving people around. But I, um, I think of, the top four is pretty much top four is good. A defenseman I would add would be Charlie McAvoy above Tory Krug in my opinion. I I don't know if I'd put him above Krug. I'd put him right on par with Krug. I think Slavin's definitely got to be in there. Yeah, Wierenski's definitely got to be in there, and then Jones and Hughes. You're not moving them. Carlson yeah. obviously he's just he's going to be in there too so yeah. Brady Shea Noah Hannafin I mean you could put them in there too Ooh, yeah yeah I forgot about that uh any other forwards that you think maybe should have been added that come off to you know off the top of your head um I was thinking about this too I'm not totally sure I think they they kind of nailed it yeah I think they did a good job with this yeah um obviously the first four are pretty like you said they're Pretty solid. Kane, Matthews, Eichel, Gaudreau. Yeah. There was some arguments as to who should be first, should have came in first place in votes. Yeah, the, it's still Kane. Yeah. But damn, is Eichel making a point? Oh my gosh! And so is Matthews. Yeah. So uh, good to have all the studs on the American side. That's yes. a nice change. So uh, we are going to move on to the State of the Union. Nick, I will let you start. Uh, so the Caps started off their road trip last week. Uh, in Colorado, uh, I said, I think I said this last week, and I, I know I told a bunch of my friends about this, that this was a statement game for them. And they got a statement win, thank God. Uh, Holtby looked sharp, and the Caps scored three unanswered goals to battle back and win on the road in Denver. I think this really showed what this team can do when they dig in and battle hard. Uh, they've not looked great in the weeks leading up to this, so this was you know a nice little resurgence to see them get one back. Uh, they lost in Arizona on Saturday night. Um, tough loss, you know, gave up a goal late, ended up, you know, getting the empty netter three, one. Uh, I thought Holtby looked okay in that one again. Uh, Carl Hagelin continues to score consistently on the third line. So that was a bright spot out of that loss. And center Evgeny Kuznetsov is still day to day with an upper body injury. He did not play at all on this road trip and they are finishing that up right now. They are in Vegas tonight. He did participate in full practice yesterday and before the Arizona game, uh, I think he's just kind of on a day-to-day basis now. Okay. Uh, this week coming up, as I said, they are in Vegas right now as we speak. They are home against Montreal on Thursday. They are at New Jersey on Saturday, and then they finish off those busy four days back at home against Pittsburgh on Sunday. Yes. Should be a good one. <laughs> uh, I, it's good to know that you guys play Saturday, though, because so do we. So. And Thursday. And then so they have we. to travel. Yeah. Oh uh, no, we're we're Thursday, Saturday, Sunday. So okay, I good. feel your pain. Yeah. Um, yeah. So basically, for my Penguins, since we last spoke, uh, lost to the Lightning last Tuesday in overtime. Yes, I bet them. Yes, I publicly said that if the Lightning won the night before, you should hammer the Penguins. And yes, you can laugh at me now. Uh, it was a hard-fought game. The Lightning are just stacked. Uh, you know, unfortunate bounce in overtime kind of led to an easy goal for Paquette, I think. So. Uh, sucks to see that one go down the pipe, but came back strong on Saturday or Friday, Friday against Montreal, uh, 4-1 win. Zucker looked great, had two goals, first two goals as a Penguin. Crosby looked really good. 
Uh, and it was a solid win. Overall effort was an A-plus, just a total team win. We pretty much dominated from start to finish. And then yesterday, Sunday, against the Red Wings, an easy 5-1 win. Uh, after Detroit scored first, Hornquist ended up scoring a hat-trick. And, again, Crosby just looked incredible and showed off his best imitation of an Ovechkin one-timer. <laughs> so, this week, uh, we got a home-and-home home against the Maple Leafs. So, we've got... A home game against the Leafs tomorrow on Tuesday. And then we turn right back around and play them in Toronto on Thursday. Uh, interested to see how that maps out because we usually don't play the Leafs well, but they haven't been stellar as of late and we've been pretty hot. So I'm curious to see how that all kind of works out. This strikes me as a home, this strikes me as a matchup where the away team wins both games. Just split them one-on-one. -on -one. Don't know why, yeah. but I have a itchy feeling the away teams are going to win both. Yeah. Like a 3-1 and a 4-2. Something like that. Yeah. Uh, and then the Penguins play the Sabres at home on Saturday at 1 o'clock. And then once we win that, we will turn around quick and go win a quick one in D.C. at yep. noon. Uh, that's going to be a great one. It should be a really, really good game. I am very much looking forward to that. Uh, I would say I got to give you – like we're playing you guys again in D.C. I would find it really hard to believe that you guys are going to lose that game. You never know. Uh, the Caps haven't looked great lately, so it's definitely going to be another statement game for them. So I'm mostly concerned with if they just show up for it. Now, here's what I will say is that I am 99% confident that they will play Jari against the Sabres and they will play Murray against the Caps just because Murray's history against the Caps and he played pretty damn well last time they met up. So... I'm going to say that if Murray starts, we have a much better chance of winning than Jari. I don't know why, because I think Jari has... He usually... Murray plays the Caps tough. He does, yeah. and he's been playing really well lately, to his credit. Yeah. So, uh, props to him. He's completely turned it around, I would say. I mean, he's... I think in his last t uh, 10 starts, he's 7-3, and three, so he's been playing really well for us. Uh, that's going to be a great game. I mean, there's no other way around it. I don't know if you want to do a little loser does underdog segment yeah. again. Same bet. Why not? Uh, we could figure that out off air if need be. So should be a good week of hockey coming up, and I'm excited for Sunday. All righty. So let's move on to first and fourth liner. My first liner this week is going to be Vancouver goaltender Jacob Markstrom. Uh, on the night that the Sedin twins had their jersey retired, he posted a 49-save shutout against Chicago. Not only was that stellar, but it also padded my bank account. So thanks, Jacob, for that. Uh, who you got? Uh, my first liner is Tyler Toffoli. Nice. Patrick in the yeah. stadium series. I think his stock just went through the roof for the trade market. I would imagine that he will probably be dealt by the next time we talk. Uh, I imagine he will be in a Boston Bruin uniform. So there you I go. I could very much see that happening. Um Moving on, my fourth liner is going to be Bo Horvat, also of the Vancouver Canucks, uh, their number one center and captain. Only has two points in his last eight games. Uh, speaking of captains who are slumping, my fourth liner is going to be Jamie Benn. Mm. Uh, he has 32 points in 59 games played this year. That is not up to Jamie Benn's standards. Definitely not. Not even at the 20-goal marker yet. 18 goals, 14 assists for 32 points. Not looked great so far this year. Did he win an Art Ross, or am I making that up? He did. Okay. Yeah, so as a former Art Ross winner, you definitely want to see your guy at least in the point-per-game conversation. Definitely. Uh, let's recap our picks from last week. Can we not? 
Uh, <laughs> I will. Uh, I <laughs> went two and one. Uh, my puck line was the Canucks against the Blackhawks, as I mentioned, uh, where Markstrom stole Good the call. show, and that hit. I took that with you. Uh, my over-under was the Stars-Canes under, and that hit. And I was looking great in my money line, which was Blue Jackets at Sabres. Uh, the Jackets were up by two with like five minutes left in regulation and ended up blowing it four to three in overtime, so I missed on that one. Shit. Yeah. Well, well, you did better than me. Uh, I went one and three last week. Uh, my puck line pick, the Lightning over the Oilers, hit on Thursday night. That was my one saving grace. Uh, however, my money line, uh, Blue Jackets over Rangers, was a miss. And Penguins over Lightning on Tuesday was also a miss. And my Canucks versus Hawks over was a miss. Thankfully, Nick gave me the puck line, so I was able to salvage a little bit of cash there. Uh, looking to get off the schneid this week. Let's hop into this week's picks. My puck line pick for the week, you guessed it, Canucks. Going to take the Canucks at home over the wild on Wednesday night in Vancouver. Uh, the Canucks got spanked by the Ducks last third or Saturday night, 5-1 to one in Vancouver. I think this is a big rebound game for them. They're home. Uh, they've had some time to let the loss marinate. I see them having a big revenge game here. Nice. Uh, my puck line is going to be the Avs at the Kings on Saturday, a revenge game. Ooh, okay. Yeah, yeah I like that. Uh, my money line pick, I'm going to take the Bruins over the Flames in Calgary on Friday night. Calgary has been one of the worst home teams in the league so far this year. They are only 13-11-4, so if you count the overtime losses, they have a losing record. They have dropped three of their last five at home. The Bruins are always a good bet. You should probably get some decent return on this considering the Flames are a good team and the Bruins are on the road. Uh, Bruins will still be favored, obviously, but it won't be huge favorites, so I like the Bruins on the money line. My money line is going to be the Lightning at the Coyotes also on Saturday. Uh, I'm riding the hot hand. I love doing money line on the road because you usually get a better return on investment, and I'm going to take the Lightning over the Coyotes in Arizona. Hard to bet against the uh, Lightning right now, so Seriously. I really don't blame you. Uh, my over-under, I am going to pick the Carolina versus Nashville Predators under on Tuesday night in Nashville. Both teams are top 10 in the league in hitting under so far this year. Uh, and after watching the Preds game against St. Louis last night, uh, they really don't generate that much offense. They just play super tight in the neutral zone. I think Carolina is kind of similar. I'm going to take the under on this one. Nice. Only if it's at six. If it's a five and a half, five and a half I'm not doing it. Okay. Uh, I'm going to take the over in the Canes at Leafs on Saturday. Uh, so all my picks are on Saturday. I think the last time these two teams played, the score was like eight to three. Yes. It was ridiculous. I think they scored, it was like, I don't know, six to two after like the first two periods or something. Yep. So I'm hoping for more of the same in my overpick this Saturday. Sounds good. All righty, guys. Well, another episode in the books. The next time that we talk to you guys will be the same day as the trade deadline. So the trade deadline's at 3 p.m., so we will be able to record shortly after. Uh, so we'll have all the latest and greatest on that. We will also break down the Caps-Pens game from the day before, and hopefully we'll have some cool shit that we did over the weekend that we'll talk to you guys about. Definitely. So, um, you know, thanks for listening. Go check out the merch on teespring.com. We are still in the works of trying to get some new stuff out. Uh, give us some time. We're working on it. If you guys have any ideas, as always, shoot it over to us. Uh, you got anything else? 
Uh, we love it when you guys reach out and interact with us on social media, whether you're asking for, you know, pick advice or, you know, what we thought about, excuse me, like a certain play or something. So continue to do that. Uh, we love it. It's great to interact with you guys. So keep it up. Yep. And without further ado. Class dismissed. Beef chow mein.